Income Tax Podcast with Mike Grinning. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artist makers and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. I would love for you to be a part of our free community, which is found on Facebook. If you go to dailycreativehabit.com, you can find a host of resources there for you as a creator. You can join our free Facebook group and be among people who are raising their hands to say, I want to show up more consistently for my creativity and craft. You can sign up for the free Daily Creative Habit email newsletter, which goes out twice a week and provides you with specific daily creative prompts, along with some resources and inspiration to help you show up for your own creativity. Also, I have available the Daily Creative Habit Creativity Journal, which is a 90-day journey that you can go on, and it is designed to help you have a system so that you can be intentional about your creativity what it looks like, when you're going to show up, how you're going to celebrate it, and get into a habit and create a bias towards action when it comes to your creativity. This is available at Amazon.com. Well, hello, my friend. I am coming to you right after having finished my morning coffee, which is always a great thing. And I want to invite you, if at all possible, even if it's just mentally, to grab a cup of coffee, pull up a chair, because today I want to just sit with you and um, and just share a couple of things with you that have been brewing inside of me, uh, pun intended there for the coffee lovers. Um, it'll be a little bit more chill, not bold, um, not espresso by any means, although the coffee may kick in halfway into this recording and that will probably be comical if that happens. But um, it is the morning where we had snow last night. And if you know me in that capacity, you know that I hate snow. Uh, if you don't know this, <clears throat> I have, well, my very first self-published book, which I authored and illustrated, is Dear Snow, One Man's Angry Rant Against Winter. And uh, that's available at Amazon.com. It is kind of like taking Calvin and Hobbes, Grumpy Old Men, um, Trains, Planes, Automobiles, putting it in a blender, and a touch of Far Side also. If you're familiar with any of those references that are from around the 80s, um, <laughs> that's uh, and that's probably where my, my disdain for snow started. Um, People ask me all the time, why? Why Why do you hate snow so much? People find it magical. People find it, like, refreshing. Usually people who don't live in areas where it snows or where it snows and stays. And uh, thankfully, here in New Jersey, uh, this snowy season has not been very snowy. Um, but nonetheless, it's always an unwelcomed visitor. And uh, hopefully it's already on its way out today. There wasn't a whole lot that was there. But anyway... I say this to set the context of just sitting here today uh, with this sense of almost like a snow day. Uh, I certainly have enough things to do as uh, a small business owner myself. Um, my task list is never ending. And so it's not like a typical snow day where I didn't get called into the office. My office is wherever I am. Um, <clears throat> and 
anyway, just this sense hanging in the air of, you know what, let's pause for a minute. Let's relax for a few seconds and just maybe have some meaningful conversation. And that's what I'd love to do today. Um, before I dive into some of the things that I've been thinking about, I uh, also want to just mention that I've been so appreciative of all the people who have been reaching out and saying they're loving the Daily Creative Habit Creativity Journal. Uh, the 90-day experience, obviously, uh, there's, since the beginning of the month, you know, we're not at 90 days yet, um, but many people started it in January um, or a little bit before. And at this point, the end of February, you know, I've been getting so many comments of this is so helpful for people getting into their creative habit of showing up every day, doing something, setting intention. Um, it's a system, basically. It's a um, it's a process that helps you be intentional and then take action. And so if that sounds like something you could use in your life, I certainly want to invite you to uh, purchase that from Amazon.com. There's a soft cover or hardcover version, whatever you feel would be best for you. Um, and you write in this book. It's a journal, right? So you you start with morning questions that uh, you could spend five or ten minutes on, just writing some intentions of your day of when you're going to create, what you're going to create, what that looks like. And then uh, at the end of the day, there's another section for you to kind of sit with and process again, maybe another five, 10 minutes and asking yourself, did I do what I said I was going to do? And what does celebration look like for me? And what did I learn today? Um, some questions like that. And so the idea here is that the more you do this, the more it becomes a habit, the more it becomes part of your regular rhythm and routine. And that is something that you can rely on and use as an aid in your creative process. And so um, there's nothing magical about this per se. It's simply something that a lot of times we don't think about when it comes to creativity. Uh, we think about being inspired. We think about, um, you know, the actual techniques and what it is that we're trying to create. Some of the goals maybe that we have around what we're creating. But we don't often think about the actual process that we're employing to show up and create and we may wait for inspiration, for the muse to visit. We may wait for the, quote, perfect moments, which never seem to come. So um, these have all been my experiences in the past, too. And so that's why I created this journal. So, uh, again, that's there as a resource if you are interested in that. Now, what I was thinking about earlier today was this thing that, you know, we're so often taught that skill set is the thing that we need to focus on. Um, and, and honestly, when I think about art school and me having gone to two art schools in New York City, you know, sometimes people ask me the question, is it worth it to go to art school? And I always say, well, it depends. Um, there's so many variables in there. It depends on how you're wired as a person. Um, it depends on how much drive you have, you know, uh, on your own. If you need some accountability, if you need some community, if you need access to people who uh, will make you rise to the top because there's a little bit of sense of uh, competition um, or even a lot, honestly, in our, in art school. Um, if you're at a school where the professors and teachers are in the field and they're teaching things that are timely 
and not simply something that was done, you know, 20 years ago or that they have knowledge of, but it's not really firsthand experience. Um, all those kind of factors go into it. But this isn't about art school and this isn't about um, even art per se. This is really about uh, a broader topic of creativity and thinking. And one of the best gifts that I was given while I was in art school was a professor who told me, you know, it's great to focus on skill set. It's great to focus on the techniques of at that time we're learning marker rendering and we're learning certain programs on the computer like, you know, Adobe Photoshop was in its early stages and, um, you know, tools and techniques and things that would help us execute our ideas, which we needed and we had to have in order to stay competitive and to prove that we could actually do something with our ideas. But he said, you know, the, the greater thing for you to actually lasso and pull in close is this idea of your concepts, your thinking, like the ideas behind your execution. And I think there's something that gets lost in our hustle and in our trying to make a buck and monetize our skills and our creativity that a lot of times we don't let ourselves marinate in this thought of what is the quality of my ideas and where is that coming from? And so just a challenge today to press pause on the skill set pursuit. I mean, keep getting better and better at what you do and how you do it, certainly. But I think if anything has shown us with the rise of AI um, is that there's a race to the bottom that happens a lot with skill set, um, even with I've seen this in, in photography, I've seen this in, in copywriting, I've seen this in um, graphic design, even in my own field. And that is this sense of just faster and cheaper and um, shortcuts and using AI to eliminate certain things in the process because everything's driven by a deliverable. And that will certainly... Um, thin the herd a bit that will get rid of certain jobs and make less opportunity for people who only really have mostly a skill set to push um, because they're simply a pair of hands executing somebody else's idea. And you're only going to go so far if that is where you place yourself. Like you need to be able to execute on your ideas. Uh, you need to be able to execute on ideas, whether they're yours or somebody else's. But if that's where you stop, you are going to severely limit yourself. And I believe that you will eventually find yourself left behind in industries that continually strive for shortcuts, continually strive towards um, cheaper, faster, uh, not necessarily better. And if you really want to set yourself apart, as a creative person, regardless of what that looks like in the execution, I believe that you really need to 
make time to hone your thinking, to hone your taste, to think about the things that are important to you. And this is something that requires a lot of self-examination. It requires a lot of self-awareness. And I think self-awareness comes when we practice it. And maybe you've heard that term and you think, well, it just seems kind of ethereal, like self-awareness. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of myself to a certain degree, but I'm also busy, right? I have a lot of tasks on my do list. I have responsibilities. I have people around me that are depending on me. Um, all these different things are happening in my life. And it, maybe you have a, a calendar that is so crowded and you think, I don't really have too many moments in my day or in my life where there's some stillness, where there's some quiet, where there's some solitude. And if there is, I'm so exhausted from everything else going on that I'm collapsing and I don't have the energy or the mental capacity to then switch over into something that goes more internal. Now, I've always been somebody who has gravitated towards that internal processing and that self-awareness. I journal a lot. I started journaling when I was 18 years old. Uh, someone had recommended it to me and really wasn't sure like the right way, so to speak, of doing that. And so I just kind of dove into it and started to get to this place where I was just writing and it wasn't about what I was writing so much as it was about the processing that was happening and then also the examination of self. And I've really journaled not daily since 18, but many days. Um, I have stacks and stacks of journals that are filled. And of course, you know, there's benefit to going and looking at those and reflecting and seeing patterns in your life and observing yourself from outside yourself, if that makes sense. Sometimes that's a very hard thing to do. And I, I know that there are certain people right now that are listening and are like, hey, but I don't journal. I'm not that journaler. I'm not that kind of processor. Um, I get it. I understand. But I don't think that you use that as an excuse to just not engage with that part of yourself. I think you need to find a modality that will help you access that. And it may look different from the person next to you, which is totally fine. But the point being, we need to start to dive deeper into ourselves to know who we are and what's important to us and what we want to say, our voice, what's important. Um, if we're going to have some kind of significant thought and then create something around that significant thought, this is what people do when they write books, by and large. Unless they're writing a book that's very formulaic and is really more about um, a step-by-step -step process or something uh, more informational driven. Um, there's still this sense though of put yourself in your book, put yourself in what it is that you're creating, in your painting series, in your music, uh, in your videos, in your dance, in your courses that you're building for a business, in your frameworks that you're building. Um, in your social media, put yourself in there, use your experiences, use the things that are important to you um, and your point of view. And I think that is something that we need to practice. 
is accessing our point of view and then creating with that as our starting point. And what that could look like could vary. For example, I have many different creative outlets and expressions. I have been involved with music in the past. I have uh, done you know, visual art, obviously, in terms of design, illustration, some painting, drawing. Uh, I enjoy spoken word things like this and like speaking from stages um, at events. I enjoy um, actually creating some environments for people. I've done that in the past as well, where we, you know, get together with a group of people and think about what does the room look like and what do people do when they step into the room and kind of the user experience, if you will. I've done um, writing, you know, in terms of blog posts or, um, you know, my own books or social media or just sharing ideas through the written word, whether that's personally from journaling or publicly. So all these different things have a place in me. And there was at one point in my life where I felt like as a creative person, I was juggling and each one of these creative outlets was a ball that was, I was trying to keep in the air. And I felt like they were competing with each other because, oh man, if I am focusing so much on visual art right now and I haven't touched my guitar, well, that ball of music is starting to slip and it's going to fall to the ground. And so then I would quickly race over there to try to do something to get that back up into the air. And then there's another ball that maybe it's the, the written uh, word stuff that starts to fall. And so I would have all these different things that I would feel like they were in competition with each other. I felt very fragmented as a person because I was like, I wasn't sure what I should be pursuing, where I should be concentrating my efforts in. And I certainly didn't feel like I should just do one thing and one thing only because I enjoy variety. I enjoy these different creative expressions for different reasons. There's different processes that are involved with each one of these. And it helps me tap into something that is more unique to the art form itself. So I wasn't about to just let all these things fall except for one of them. Um, but at the same time, felt very fragmented for a long time until I realized these are all part of me as a greater whole. Like there's slices of a pie um, and I am the whole pie. And so it's okay to have seasons uh, and sometimes projects maybe that include some of these skill sets that you have and some of these creative outlets and interests. And you may pick it up for a while. Like right now, music is, is fairly dormant for me. Um, whereas in my 20s, it was the thing that was really in the foreground in a lot of ways. And so uh, I'm okay with that right now because I am in a different season of life and creatively I'm expressing myself mo mostly through you know visual art, but then also through some of these other means of, like I said, I've been writing more, I've been speaking more and pushing into some of those things. And what I found was that not realizing that I had done this, but I was attaching myself so specifically to an execution and to a skill set. In other words, I gravitated towards visual art as my thing, right? That's where my quote talent is. That's where my abilities lie. That's where my interest lies. So therefore 
I must be a visual artist. That's who I am. I'm an artist. I'm a graphic designer. I'm an illustrator. I'm a, you know, fill in the blank. And I drilled down so specifically to that skill set as an identity that I struggled when I was stepping outside of that to do some other things. Where did these things have place in my life? Did they have place in my life? How do I not feel like I'm so fragmented? And so it took me a really long time to understand and come to peace with and realize these things are all a part of me and they all have a place and sometimes they have a season. But even beyond that, I dove deeper to understand, oh, you know what? Really what's happening here is that I love to communicate. Like that's really where my gifting is. It's in how I see and what I do as a result of that. That's how I've been talking about this lately. And what that means is it gives me the freedom to show up sometimes in visual art and sometimes in written word and sometimes in spoken word and sometimes in music or whatever it is that I feel like is the appropriate means. I will then go ahead and create with that expression and, and, and that outlet in mind. Um, I used to have this exercise when I was earlier on in my career where I would think about, okay, here's a concept and this idea that I want to pursue, I would kind of come at it all from a bunch of different angles and think about, okay, what would this look like in a variety of contexts? In other words, let's say, um, there's something to do with a love song, right? Or, or you want to express love, right? Um, feelings for someone else, that whole relationship, um, that is universal that people can understand and, and relate to. I want to create something around that concept. And so what would that look like as a song? Well, okay. Love songs. We, we resonate with long love songs. We may have our favorites that we play. Um, maybe there are love songs that are more about heartbreak. Um, and so, okay, I can think about what, uh, a relationship love, uh, expression of love would look like in a song. What would that look like as a piece of visual art? And then I start to go down that trail and I start to come up with some ideas of how could I contextualize it to visual art? And then I think, okay, what would that look like in written word? Like maybe a poem or lyrics? Uh, what would that look like in terms of, um, you know, creating an environment? Um, if my goal was to almost set up an environment where uh, a dating couple would feel at home and at ease and it would help that date. What are some of the things that would be in that environment? Um, you know, mood lighting and music and, and certain types of um, visual stimuli, um, decorating and, and, you know, those kind of things. And so it's, it was taking this idea, this concept and pushing it through a, a multitude of creative executions and then thinking, okay, which ones seem interesting to me? And let's take a stab at it. And maybe there's there's even something that was outside my skill set. And if it was an interesting enough idea or problem you were trying to solve to say, is there someone I know that has that skill set that I can hire out? Or is this a skill set that I can learn and acquire and put in my toolbox? Um, and so it kind of helped me think more about starting with the concept and then figuring out what's the proper execution and the proper deliverable, if you will, if you want to put it in those terms. Um, so anyway, getting back to, to this idea of thinking and knowing yourself and being self-aware, so many times creative people struggle because 
a majority of if you happen to harness your creativity for a living, right? You are a professional creative. You're using your creativity for other people's projects. You've been hired for a position or even if you know you have your own business, you're, you you have clients, you're using your creativity to solve somebody else's problem. You're using your creativity to execute on somebody else's idea. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I've done that for a long time and I continue to do that in a variety of contexts. However, there comes a frustration point where when as a creative person, you feel like all you're doing is leveraging your creativity for somebody else and you're never doing anything that has to do with what you want to do, with what you want to say and execute. And maybe you're not even sure what that would be, but you just know that there's this like kind of itch that you can't scratch. And every once in a while, this frustration bubbles to the top. And maybe it comes out in forms of you being frustrated at work or with your clients or with your situation. And you think, this this doesn't feel right. There's something there's something not sitting right with me here. I'm feeling a little pent up. I'm feeling like there's got to be more than this. Um, maybe you're feeling less than satisfied feeling like the work you're doing is not significant, feeling like you're not making a significant contribution to something. I think so many of these things are tied up to us as creative people where when we don't have an environment where we are allowing ourselves to create, to play, to experiment outside the realm of um, monetization and clients and committees and budgets and things that are all external, we need to mine some things that are happening internally. We need to sit with ourselves long enough to ask the hard questions and repeatedly ask these questions of like, what do I really care about? Like what's really important to me and why? Um, I was with a friend the other day and she was saying something and I kept asking the question of why, why, why? And she, you know, finally it was like, look, I'm not trying to be like a two year old where I just keep asking why, why, why? My point was I wanted to get to the deeper understanding and, and more so have her understand why was she saying the same things she was saying? Why was it, why are those things important to her that she was saying were important? Because so many times we're so close to our own things. We can't realize what our true motivations are. Um, some of the stuff is like, yes, the work of like therapy, right? Um, with having an environment where you start to probe and ask these hard questions and sit with things and say, you know, maybe the reason why I am so, um, interested in making connections through the things that I create, and I'm speaking personally now, um, is because when I was a kid, I didn't have many friends and I didn't have this sense of belonging. Um, I was bullied a lot when I was real young and I was always looking for this place to belong to. And I remember feeling like an outsider. I remember feeling like I didn't fit in with so many different crowds. And that was a big motivation for me earlier on to, to find a community that I could belong to. And then also make sure that I was on the lookout for anyone else who felt like they were an outsider and to make them feel like they could belong because I knew what that felt like. And so that was really important to me. It's still important to me to this day. And that's, that's why I think I lead so much with, or I try to with empathy and vulnerability is because 
I know what it's like. I've experienced that. But I've also experienced the sense of belonging. And I've also experienced um, the power of, of belonging to yourself. I want to let that land on you for a minute. The power of belonging to yourself. For many of us, creativity aside, we don't belong to ourselves. We are people pleasing. We are seeking meaning and significance in other ways and other places outside. Um, we are not practicing, nor do we understand maybe the importance of self, self-validation um, or self-care, self-love. A lot of this stuff I don't think is taught, at least not in, in my context, um, things that I've had to process and continue to process. And not to get too deep into the therapy pool here, but um, this all goes back to making sure that you have a place where you are setting aside for being with yourself, knowing yourself, asking yourself these hard questions, and then saying, okay, these are the things that are important to me. What am I going to create as a response? You may have a book in you, but you will never know unless you sit and wrestle with these things long enough and come to grips with what does this look like and what do I really want to say and what's important to me? How do I want to say it? The same is true regardless of your creative outlet or expression. There are things inside of you that need to come out. There are things that you want to create that have your fingerprints on them, that have your experiences poured into them, have your perspective that it was crafted with. And these things simply won't just happen. Nobody will come to you and ask you to create these things. There has to be enough of a desire within you and enough clarity and alignment that comes. And honestly, like I said, this comes through time and examination. And also, I think for me, it has been surrounding myself with people who are on this journey as well who are asking some of those questions of themselves, and then they can also help hold a mirror up to, to me um, to be in communities like that, where people want to create something that is more uniquely them, but they have to know who they are in the first place. Because otherwise you can spend a lifetime creating a lot of different things and having your hand in a lot of different projects and things that can be executed excellently you can be applauded by your peers and by an industry. And yet at the end of the day, you haven't said anything. You haven't put yourself into your work. Nobody knows who you are because you don't know who you are. Your sense of identity hasn't grown, hasn't developed, hasn't evolved. So much of this stuff is so important as a creative person because this is really at the seat. This is the starting point of creating great work, I believe. Because it's knowing who you are and what you want to say. And then realizing, you know what? As I'm saying these things, I'm not the only one that this speaks to. I'm not the only one that was and is concerned with the sense of belonging. Maybe you're listening right now and that's been a great motivator for you too. And, and perhaps even in this moment, there's a light bulb going off for you going, 
I never really thought about it in those terms. I never put that connection together of the reason why I create the things I do and my motivations and what makes me feel truly fulfilled in the work is when I can create something that fosters a sense of belonging for myself and for others or, or whatever that, that particular um, motivation is for you. It's examining those things and then moving into those things on purpose. It's identifying and keeping before you what's important, who you are, and then putting that into your work. Some people really enjoy and um, are, are wired such with their personality that they love to stir up conversation that is um, could be controversial, um, make people uncomfortable, ask questions that are the hard questions. I'm not necessarily wired like that. That's not my again, uh, motivation. My motivation is more one of, of relationship and, and in belonging, uh, more diplomatic in personality and in style. Um, but for those who are more interested in disrupting and disturbing, they're going to create things that are in line with that. And when they understand that, when they use that properly, they can actually start to foster some conversations and some thoughts that maybe wouldn't happen otherwise. Um, now, unfortunately, carried out to an extreme, sometimes these things can cause more division than um, fruit of, of growth or helpful conversation. Um, everything that we do has, has the negative and positive sides to it, right? We have to be careful um, because, again, if you're somebody who's maybe a little too diplomatic, too soft, you need to be on guard that you're not just uh, bending in the wind as it is, um, but you certainly have uh, uh, the ability to stand firm where it's important and necessary. So all that to say, take some time, carve out time, spend time, figure out on your calendar where you can, and this isn't like a, uh, again, a power session of like, hey, two hours or a weekend or whatever, but like start to prioritize for getting to know yourself better. And this is a solitary act. This is not um, let's hang out with people and do a group activity or fill your, your calendar to the brim. This is more so a let me find time to journal, to go for a walk, to um, go for a drive, wherever it is that you can make those moments and go inward and probe, ask questions, go deeper, examine yourself, examine your motivations, figure out what's important to you. What is it that you want to say? And then bring it out and then start to execute on some things, some ideas, some concepts, then start to create some things that are in line with who you are, how you see things, what's important to you. That's when you'll make some work that starts to impact people tremendously. That's also when you start to get a sense of peace of who you are as a person and you know what you want to do, how you want to do it. You're unapologetic about who you are and how you show up, not in a way that's um, abrasive necessarily, but one that is you're so comfortable with yourself and you know what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it that other people's opinions of that stuff doesn't start to matter. And it's really internally driven of this is what's important to me. This is what I want to say. This is how I want to show up. And as I do that, 
I will start to gather around the people who this work speaks to. So that may seem like a long journey, and it is, because I think it's lifelong. I think this is a continual process. But my point is that if all we ever do is acquire skills and focus on execution, and we don't really stop to think about what are the ideas, where are the ideas coming from, who are we behind our thinking and our ideas, what's important to us, the bigger questions, we will never really feel a sense of accomplishing something that seems to be work that's greater than ourselves, which I know seems like a little bit weird of a statement because I just talked about yourself a lot, going inside, knowing yourself, what's important to yourself, all those things. But that's not where it stops. It goes out. It's you creating something and releasing it into the world. And then your work hopefully has some ripple effects. It starts to speak to other people and they start to own it and they start to contextualize it to themselves. And their lives are impacted by the work that you've done because it's not just the work you've done in execution, but it's the work you've done privately. It's the work you've done in solitude, the work you've done on yourself. So pour into that, value that. That is really where the difference is going to be made because when you hone your voice from that place, it almost doesn't matter how you show up and execute what you execute or you can switch methodologies. You can switch tools and techniques. And as technology continues to race forward, you can adapt to some of the things that are happening around you. But at the core, you know who you are, you know why you create, you know what it is that you're trying to create and you can lean into that. I hope this has been some challenging thoughts for you. I hope it's been encouraging. And I hope it causes you, at least if nothing else for today, to pause for a moment and ask yourself these hard questions. And even better yet, to take an action step of identifying a place on your calendar, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, sometime soon, as this podcast is rolling around in your ears to set aside time for yourself to get to know yourself better to get into a regular rhythm of that as well um because again this is where the valuable work lies so as i always end these episodes when it's just me and you having a chat go create something Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.